I'm Crystal Keating, and this is the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast. Each week, we're sharing real conversations about disability, suffering, and finding hope, and exploring your questions about how to include people with special needs in your church and community. If you found this podcast encouraging, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite app and pass it on to a friend. While the holidays are often presented as a time of celebration, cheeriness, and belonging, a time when everything goes right, right? We almost feel an expectation to be happy in December, but so often that's just not the case. For many, the holidays can remind us of the way things are not, people we've lost, health challenges, or a reminder of things that haven't happened the way we really hoped would happen. And rather than feeling joy, we struggle with sadness or despair. This week, Dr. Todd Stride, a faculty member and counseling coordinator at the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, is back on the podcast to talk about depression from a biblical perspective. Listen as he shares how depression is approached in Scripture and how we can respond. Well, today I have the honor of speaking once again to Dr. Todd Stride from the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Todd is a faculty member and the counseling coordinator at CCEF and has served as a hospital chaplain, crisis worker, and university counselor. Welcome back to the podcast, Todd. I'm so thankful to have more time with you to talk about the subject of depression today. Thanks, Crystal. Very exciting to be back here. Well, your timing couldn't be more perfect, especially as we're anticipating the holidays. And I'm always amazed at the types of emails and letters we get around the holidays of people really struggling with depression. In fact, just this morning, we received an email from a woman who wrote to our ministry asking prayer for relief from depression, something she's been battling for two years I think depression runs throughout those with physical disabilities and without. It's something that we definitely go to the Lord for. So, Todd, I'm really glad you're here. Can you start off by just describing depression? What is it? Yeah, just really broadly, it is this experience of, it could be despair, or hopelessness, or emptiness. It's usually multifaceted, and it exists on a spectrum. So on the one hand, it can be something like coldness and darkness and discontent, or or on the other side, um, it can be something like unbearable mental pain and meaninglessness and, and hopelessness. And then on top of that, it can be it can be those things over the course of a day for some people or or a season for others or or for some this is this is chronic it is a day in and day out experience why does depression happen in your experience as a counselor and even just in your studying what are some of the contributing factors to depression yeah just like the the experience of depression is multifaceted and and complex the reasons why it shows up in our life are, are the same. Mm. There's, there's a number of categories that might fit. For example, depression could be the result of things that, that happen to us, circumstances, loss of a job, a poor diagnosis, a, a disabilities, a death of a loved one. 
or it could be due to things that are done to us. It could be abuse, mm. neglect, trauma, or, or even maybe on a different side of things, things that don't happen to us that we were hoping would or we had dreams that they would. So these are expectations and, and dreams and goals that, that are unfulfilled. And then probably the fourth category, if you've got things that, that happen to us, things that are done to us, things that don't happen to us, then there's just straight up the body. There's a bodily mm. component that it's not working right. There's a brokenness that just shows up. So it could be any one of those or any combination of those. Mm. You know, at Johnny and Friends, we focus on people with disabilities, but I think depression can certainly be a disabling condition. Can you talk about some of the ways that depression is expressed, both physiologically and just emotionally? It can be anything from a hindrance, or it can be paralyzing. It can be something where we were too unmotivated and uninterested to go to a social event or go to work or take a shower or it can be paralyzing such that um, that we can't get out of bed. And in fact, if we could, we, we may want to just try and find a way to end our life because we feel like it would be a better use of, of our energy. But it does exist on that spectrum. It changes how we eat our appetite. We eat too much, eat too little. We sleep or we don't sleep. Um, it, it shows up in relationships, whether we have any interest and being part of them or motivation. Mm. Um, so it's, it's again, multifaceted, but, mm. but it's, it's impactful and impairing. It, it certainly is. You know, especially as we think about the holidays, when it's a time of family and joy and excitement and cheeriness. I mean, have you noticed a rise in depression around the holidays? It's pretty common yeah. that, that during the holiday season, uh, depression is it's something that many people experience. And I think one of the main reasons for that is because the way in which the holidays is presented to us, either by other people or by the media or just the associations, is that it's about celebration and happiness and, and belonging and things going right. Mm. But that's actually not what most people's experience of life is. There's all kinds of things that that are brought back into memory when when we experience the holidays. There's there's things that haven't happened that we were hoping would happen during the holidays. That that there's loss of people and friends and opportunities, maybe our health. But the holidays tend to be a reminder of the way things are not mm. or the way things we would like them to be. And so it's in, it's in stark contrast to maybe the way our life looks. And, and that is, and can be very depressing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Todd, you're, you're a champion of the scripture. I know it's transformed your own life. We know God's word offers help for every situation in our lives, especially around the holiday season when we're, thinking about the birth of Christ and thinking about being thankful and yet seeing 
maybe how our lives aren't turning out the way we wished they would have, or dealing with family situations, um, people being together through the holidays and anticipating uh, maybe some of the challenges, or just a diagnosis. You know, going back to God's word, how do you see depression expressed and dealt with in the scripture? Yeah, that's that's a great question, and it's just it's really important. You'll probably hear me reference this as we continue to talk, but I think there's two threads that go through Scripture, and they're simultaneous. One is that suffering continues, that the world is broken, sin and corruption have entered, and we suffer. And it's hard. Life is full of trouble. And so that's one thread. And the other thread is is that God is with us. Mm. And that's the that is the the hopeful message of Christmas that God has come down. He has not left us alone in the suffering. There will be a time in which he makes all things right and we have a guarantee in that and that is a hope. But in the meantime, he joins us in our suffering in this broken and fallen world and he gives us hope. So how does that play out? You know, scripture normalizes. Mm depression it it validates it it confirms it and we see that in a psalm like psalm 88 where the psalmist is expressing how hard life is and how he feels and sometimes you have these psalms where well it all kind of gets tied up in a nice bow at the end and resolved but psalm 88 it ends with darkness is my closest friend and it stops And it seems as if God just wants us to have permission to be an experienced depression, and it's not something that has to be immediately or maybe ever resolved. It's a reality of living in a broken and hard world. So, on the one hand, Scripture normalizes it. And then I think, where where does Scripture lead us? And, And this is also true in the Psalms, like Psalm 13, verse 1, it says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? And so that's both a validation of the fact that suffering is a part of our world and depression and the the distance of God from us that we feel, but it also gives us direction. It's, It's essentially saying the right thing to do is cry out to him to do depression towards God. Mm. It's it's validated, it's normal, this is part of life, but do it in reference to God being a part of your world. Cry out to him, beseech him. And then the other thing that scripture does is it gives us a hope. And in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, we do not lose hope. Though the outer self is wasting away, yet our inner self is being renewed day by day. Mm. For our light and momentary affliction is producing for us an eternal glory that far outweighs our troubles. There is this hope, even if it's distant, even if it will come someday, it is a real hope. And he's transforming us in the meantime as he joins us in suffering. You know, there's something really comforting about looking back to Scripture and knowing that so many people who had a heart for God, who were men and women of faith, dealt with 
despairing emotions and depressing situations. And yet, you know, as you mentioned in our conversation about schizophrenia, God is the constant and he is with us. Although we would like to have immediate relief, maybe it's God's way of just continuing to walk with us through the darkness. So, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in your own counseling situations. I love stories and I think that's comforting when I hear another situation and I think, oh, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, can you share maybe some of the common scenarios you've seen in counseling those with depression and how you've addressed their needs? I mean, the scriptures you just mentioned are incredibly powerful but we know that in a counseling office, you're not just reading scripture and then, you know, they're leaving and saying, okay, this is all better. It's it's pretty complex at some times, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. You know, it's one thing for us to talk about this in the abstract, that, right. that the scriptures normalize depression, It um, we're, we're called to cry out to God in it, but it's a very different story to to live in it. and And that's where... I find that that in my counseling, the the presence of God, usually by the means of of me being a representative of Him, sitting with people in their stories and their suffering, that that is that is comforting, that's life giving, that is mm-hmm. orienting, that provides some direction. But it just tends to be a process, this long process of individuals having an opportunity to put words to their suffering mm-hmm. and and have it not exist just within their mind mm-hmm. and their world, but that it reaches the ears of somebody else, a loss of a child or dreams of, of what they were supposed to be able to do after a health condition sets in and, and how that's a loss or, or just the fact that God feels distance. I can't feel anything. Mm. Those are all scenarios in which just putting words to it and have somebody hearing that and affirming that and laying out other ways of of potentially looking at, at life and and the future. It's a safe space in counseling to do that and and to know that we have time to do that. There's no guarantee that there's going to be radical relief, but we have a guarantee that God will meet them, and that his word will provide comfort and hope. Amen. That is so true. You know, when I think about depression, I want to know why. You know, why does this happen? What are some of the contributing factors? And you mentioned several things that can contribute to, to being depressed. Is it fair to say some depression is circumstantial and founded in our personal choices? Some is physiological, like a medical condition? And how can a person maybe tell the difference if that's so? I think it it might be safe to say that, let's say, depression, like also like things like anxiety, uh, we we probably shouldn't spend a lot of time judging where it comes from and whether I should be experiencing this or I could have done something different or am I bad for having this? And, And rather accepting it as as the fact that it does exist mm. and and it now becomes an occasion not to try to analyze why it's there but an occasion to to ask important questions about 
our life, about our hearts, about our longings, our desires, to, to search our hearts, to, to, to think about who God is for us in the middle of suffering. Who does he promise to be? And then, well, what, what can I do? Um, so these are all, mm, it, it's probably more good. beneficial for us to think about depression as an occasion as, as opposed to trying to analyze why it's there. Mm. You know, I have to say that's a unique perspective. I really appreciate that. And I think for a person who is struggling with depression, that can be very comforting to know I'm being accepted where I'm at rather than a case study where we're trying to figure out the etiology of depression. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And that's that's very Christ-like to do as well. We're you know, he just met each person where they were at and were walking with them. I think some of the things that people have written into Johnny about in regards to depression is the connection with medical attention or medication. Okay, so we, we accept that this is an occasion to ask questions about our heart, an occasion to ask questions about God and see who is he in my situation, but what would you say about recommending medical attention or medication for depression? Yeah. You know, maybe a broad comment about medication. Medication is, I, I think, at the end of the day, just about for any sort of mental health struggle, mm-hmm. we should see it as providing a sort of like a ground floor when there isn't one. When, when we feel like we are free-falling, and there's no way to sort of catch our, uh, ourselves and, and find anything stable in which to stand to do work, medication can provide that. It can, it can provide this ground floor by which either symptoms are reduced enough that we can think straight or we're not radically overcome by our emotions such that we're paralyzed. It can blunt some of those things. It can take the edge off so that we can stand and then start to do some work. So medication is never, it should never be meant to keep us from having to do work on our stuff or wrestle with God about who he is in the middle of this. It's not meant to relieve us of, of any distress whatsoever. It's it's meant to to put us in a situation where we can start to do the necessary internal and sometimes God word work. And so where that shows up in depression, I would say is maybe two cases to start off. If if the depression is so intense that it's pretty much impairing, it impairs your ability to do relationship, to go to your job, to take care of yourself, then that would tell me that you really are free falling and you can't catch you can't catch yourself. There is no ground yet. Mm. And so medication would be sort of an immediate way of providing a ground floor that then we can reassess and say, can we work from here? Mm. But the other the other reason to take medication, I think, is that if you just find that that the depression is chronic and it does not change and it and it's really quite burdensome. It's it's one thing if it's a season, if if it's a portion of time, but when it's chronic and burdensome, then we're going, we're just going to say, yeah, you've done a lot of work 
and and it, and you're not finding that it really lets up at all. So so let's let's see if we can bring about some relief, and that's God's mercy to us. Mm, that's a great way to think about it. I think for any, I'm sure you would agree with this, but for any good counselor, I mean, they're always going back to, hey, work with your physician to get a full physical, you know, even as you're starting counseling so you can eliminate some of the other things that could be contributing to those feelings of depression. Just going back to my own counseling experience and even some of my training, I remember when we were talking about depression for a Christian one of the things that was expressed was to choose obedience. Choose obedience and the blessings and the feelings will follow. And I just, I wonder what you think about that advice. Yeah, th- there's there's something that's that rings true about that. And simultaneously, there's there's something that can be dangerous in, in taking that too far. I agree also. <laughs> So the reason is I think we want to be careful of whether we pair obedience with blessing. And Mm. that is not, Scripture does not tell us, we shouldn't conclude that when we obey, it equals blessing. Now, Mm. now if if we're willing to redefine blessing, then that's probably always true if we believe about formation and being sanctified and being sharpened and and growing and practicing these things but but obedience does not we we do not get it guaranteed by any means that that obedience equals relief of distress mm. or symptoms um, god says that suffering will continue and and that he will he will definitely what he guarantees is that he will be with us and yes. He will use our obedience, but there's a danger if we pair obedience and blessing together because that does not seem to be how it works, especially when we think about Jesus' life and the disciples. They, they obeyed, and yet actually things got harder. Mm. Yeah, thank you for bringing some, some clarity upon that. You know, one of the things that we often share with those who write in who are depressed is you know, we, we bring them back to Johnny. You know, when she was first injured, she was actually depressed for a couple of years. And um, one of the things that helped her was being attentive to others who are hurting, who are discouraged and isolated. That was a powerful way to lift her depression. What's your take on that? Hmm. I, I think Johnny's right on. And and the reason is, is because our natural bent as people is to is to move inward, and yeah. and depression is no different. It is Dr. Ed Welch talks about depression as sort of us bending inward, or at least it has that temptation to. So, so what what Johnny's talking about is is just consistent with a, a kingdom life. We are designed. God made us such that we are supposed to find life and meaning and purpose in giving our life away. As Philippians 2 talks about looking out for the interests of others and not ourselves. And there is freedom 
And there is a level of healing that is bound up in that. Being mm. who we're supposed to be, who we're made to be, there is both freedom, relief, and purpose there. Mm. So operating within our design brings about mm. the fruit of the Spirit, the peace, the joy, and focusing on someone else, even through depression. And I think that's powerful to think about. And it gives purpose. And I think that's even, that can be a contributing factor in our depression is to lose sight of who we are, whose we are, and our purpose in life. And so this is a good step forward. Um, You know, as you've counseled people who struggle with depression, are there particularly encouraging parts of scripture or aspects of God's character that have brought immense hope and a sense of well-being. Yeah, you know, one one of the important things that we do in counseling is we we think about whether this is okay. Is it okay that I feel this way? And and Scripture makes all kinds of room for us to be hurt and sad and to feel loss and to be despairing. Um, the prophet Elijah felt that. Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, the psalmist in Psalm 88. So, one really important thing that we do in counseling is just navigating how do we understand this experience of life? Is it right or wrong or, or okay? And it doesn't make it go away, but there's something important about locating it in the world and that this is yeah. not me being bad or a failure or sinning. This is this is what it means to be human in a broken world. Mm. And then I think connected to that, I find that Psalm 103 brings about a lot of um, perspective too. And, and this is, I've, I've talked about this with schizophrenia and other afflictions where, where God says in Psalm 103, you are not treated, he does not treat you according to your iniquities or your sins. In other words, there is, again, not this one, just as there's not this one-to-one correlation with obedience and blessing, there's not a correlation with if you're suffering, it means you're bad or you've done something wrong or God is punishing you. Psalm 103 sort of gets rid of that idea and says God God actually treats us the opposite of that. He treats us like we don't deserve in, mm. in the positive ways, merciful and gracious. And And so then that gives people an opportunity to say, okay, if this is normal and God isn't mad at me, how, how do I think about this? And it opens doors for, as we've talked about earlier, God joins us in this, this suffering and this life mm-hmm. that, that he is creating within us. He is transforming us inward in the midst of our suffering. He is a good shepherd. He is a comforter. And then Psalm 121, it's an important verse in these cases where where God is identified in that psalm as a keeper. He keeps us, and he will not allow our foot to slip. And so, as people think about how do I live in the middle of depression, what do I have to do just to, to survive, etc., there's, there's comfort in knowing that underneath all of that, the superstructure is that God is our keeper, mm. and he will provide strength. He certainly does, and I love that idea of he's our keeper, um, I love the idea of God caring for us and providing for us. I think Johnny talks about it a lot, hemming us in on each side. She certainly mm-hmm. feels the same confines of her wheelchair that keep her moving as as she would have liked are the same 
sort of comfort she finds in God. And so that's a good word. You know, as we close our time for for the helpers who are listening, for church leaders who really want to encourage people with depression and even other ongoing mental health struggles, especially around this holiday season, what are some of the best ways that we can come alongside our friends and family? Maybe we're not in a counseling scenario or a counseling room for an hour, but how do we be a blessing to those who are feeling really hopeless and despairing during this holiday season? Yeah, I'll speak to the individuals and then I'll, I'll say something to, to maybe churches at, at, at large. But for individuals, someone with depression can can feel potentially like a project and the only reason that we're interacting is to try and encourage them or convince them of something or get yeah. them out of their funk. Mm-hmm. And and I think one of the best ways that we can love somebody and and be Christ-like is just being present. No agenda, no words, just being present. And sometimes that's listening, but oftentimes it's just being a part of their life. And it is a representative that that you have value in and of yourself as God's son or daughter, and I value you even if you're not performing or you're mm. the funnest person to be around. It's it's just really meaningful that you move away from the isolation and the performance mentality and just mm. presence. So that would be a huge one for friends and family members. And it speaks volumes. And then for churches, I think there can be this culture that we cultivate where we we hold these these two realities in hand that there is reason to celebrate during the holidays there's reason to to find great joy and meaning Christ has come and there are good things in our life at the same time as the church holds out the fact that life is hard that mm. on this side of heaven there is brokenness and disability and there is estrangement in relationship and and if that can be acknowledged and talked about, that can bring a lot of balance to the way that we we do church life. And, and that can even assist both people who are not feeling depressed and those who are, that, that there's another side of the coin and, and that we can consider that. The only other thing I would add to just churches and communities would be, as this season approaches, consider a support group, consider offering... Mm a time where people can talk about the hardness of the holidays in this season. And and there's community around that, and there's opportunity to have people tell their stories and then for God to also speak into those things. Mm-hmm. But it would it would validate the fact that these are these are real struggles in our church, in our world, in the in the lives of the people that we minister to and worship together and, and we can do something with that. Mm-hmm. That's great advice, Todd. Thank you so much again for coming back on the podcast. Thank you for that reminder that God is with us through the difficulties and that as a body of believers, we can come alongside people who are truly struggling and give them the hope of the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ. Todd, I I really appreciate your words and God bless you as you serve on the CCEF staff. Thank you, Crystal. It was great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity.
In the midst of the busy holiday season, what a timely conversation about depression with Dr. Stride. I loved what he shared. Although the world is broken and suffering continues, God is with us. He is Emmanuel, the hope of Christmas. He hasn't left us alone in our suffering. He joins us in this broken world and gives us hope for when He will make all things right. Depression is confirmed and validated within the scripture, and in Psalm 88, we're given a direction for it. In our loneliness, sadness, and discouragement, we should cry out to God. He is with us, transforming us day by day until our future hope is realized. Are you struggling with discouragement or depression today? I'd love to hear from you at johnnyandfriends.org slash podcast. There you can also find another free resource called Out of the Blue, Hope for the Heavy Hearted. And if you know someone who is struggling with discouragement or despair this holiday season, please share this podcast. Or perhaps this is a conversation you'd be willing to share on social media. Depression is often a battle fought privately, and this conversation could be the encouragement that someone needs. I hope you'll join me again next episode as we finish this year with a special message from Emily Colson, daughter of the late Chuck Colson and mother to her adult son, Max, who has a diagnosis of autism. You won't want to miss her encouraging and inspiring words. I'm your host, Crystal Keating. Thank you for listening to the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast.